0: This week, it's all about the X-Files. Sarah Lehman and I are going to break down the new season, season 10, episode by episode, and talk about just what it is that makes this show so special. Plus, I'm going to tell you all about my incredible experience hosting the landing party at EMP Museum to celebrate the opening of the brand new Star Trek exhibit, Exploring New Worlds. And I was in a documentary that's going to be on the Smithsonian Channel about Star Trek. So much great shit to tell you about. It's coming up right after this. Here we go. Justin mercury a show about the collective experience of loving science fiction it has been a wild week guys it's been so crazy i'm just gonna take you back to last thursday and talk you through what happened to me this week and then i'll bring back the rest of this conversation with sarah and i talking about the x-files It's gonna be a lot of great shit so here we go On Thursday, I left work early to go to the EMP to be in a documentary that this crew is filming as part of the 50th anniversary celebration of Star Trek. So I show up, I bring my uniform in a bag, (laughs) and I ask, do you want me to be in uniform or out of uniform? Of course they say, in uniform. So I put my uniform on. I'm among these people. There's, uh, I think, four people that they're going to interview. And basically what they wanted to do was talk to us about the new exhibit that's opening at EMP and then film our reactions as we saw the exhibit for the first time. So going into it, I expected to just kind of be doing what I do in the podcast, you know, just talking effusively about Star Trek and how much I love it. But uh, and there was some of that. But what I didn't expect is that it was basically a reality show taping. It was so strange. Uh, So the director basically fed us lines and emotions that we were supposed to be feeling. The premise of this documentary is that they are following the restoration of the original Starship Enterprise that was used for the original series in the 60s, the 11 the foot model, I believe. So they're kind of getting people's opinions on, you know, whether or not the ship should be restored uh, or if you should just kind of let it sit as is. Uh, it was, we had an interesting discussion about this at, at a table before we started filming. Uh, Someone brought up the Mona Lisa about how when you go to see the Mona Lisa, somebody has repainted over it because you can't just let it sit. It will decay over time. It will eventually be nothing at all. So you have to keep um, restoring all the time, art restoration. It's actually apparently a really controversial thing that's been going on. But that's now happening with the original Starship Enterprise. So this documentary crew is chronicling the process so Brooks Peck, who you guys heard on the on the show a couple weeks ago, he's the curator of the new exhibit, and he invited me to come in and be one of these these crazy fan people who's super excited about Star Trek and get to talk about it uh, and they really um, led us in what we were supposed to say like right before I went in and recorded my first bit the director pulled me outside and said okay you're gonna go see the exhibit in a minute and I need you to talk about how uh, you're really dubious as to whether or not the exhibit's gonna meet your expectations you need to s- we're setting it up we're setting up the drama to say oh man I don't know I don't know if this exhibit's gonna gonna be good enough cause you know, I'm a big big Star Trek fan and I really need this to be good and I don't know if it's gonna be great and of course I knew it was gonna be great cause I know Brooke I know the EMP and I have full full faith in these people to pull it off. But, you know, I, I want to be on TV. I'll play along. <laughs> That's a recurring theme for the rest of this story. So uh yeah, so then they bring us inside. We go in one of it one at a time, they put blindfolds on us and then walked us into the exhibit, into the room, and then I stood there for like ten minutes with a blindfold on, just not knowing what was happening, and then they say, Okay, Jesse, you need to you need to show some real enthusiasm. You need to really go over the top with how excited you are when you finally see this. So yeah, I mean none of this was like my real reaction at this point. This is just them trying to create something for drama in the documentary. And I get it. I get what they're going for. I've done some filmmaking. I understand that the director has this vision of what he's trying to get across in the story of the documentary. It's not my style. It's not my style. You know me. I like to sit people down. I like to really get at the root of what it is that they're passionate about, and that they want to talk about. I like to have it come from people because I feel like that gets you a, a better story. But in this situation, he has a story that he's trying to tell. So uh, I'm happy to, I'm happy to play into that. Uh, well, kind of, mostly happy to play into that. So they take the blindfold off, I give him my best big reaction. and of course, I'm wearing my, my TNG era uniform. And I told him before we sat down in the room, I'm like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I am am love the original series, but I'm a big TNG guy. If you want my face to really light up, put me in front of something TNG related. But they really wanted to just talk about the original series because they're following that Enterprise restoration. And they're also talking about the 50th anniversary of the original show. To me, that includes everything. That includes Deep Space Nine. That includes Enterprise. I'm just fucking stoked about all of it. But yeah, so they take the blindfold off and I'm standing there in front of this replica of the the bridge, basically, where you have have the console that Sulu and Chekhov would sit at and then you have the captain's chair and it's really fucking cool it's so well done I mean the exhibit itself is remarkably awesome and I this is my first time seeing it of course I was going to host the opening party the next night it was on Friday night but I'd never seen it before so yeah my eyes lit up I was like wow this is so cool and I definitely hopefully gave them what they were looking for and then they did a bunch of really awkward things where the director is like, look at this, come over here, look at this, tell me what you think, tell me what you feel, get down close to it, no, closer, be more excited, tell me what this is, tell me what that is, what does this mean to you? Uh, and it was really, I felt like he kind of pushed wooden responses out of me because he actually made me like kneel down in front of of like some of the artifacts and just stand there on my knees and I felt so uncomfortable, it was so strange, I'm like, wow, I'm going to be the weird fucking kid in this documentary who's (laughs) the only one in uniform because none of the other people I interviewed were in uniform but you know what if that's what I remembered for fuck it I don't care I love Star Trek so much I'm happy to be that guy and I just kept telling myself that as I was on my knees in front of the communicator and the tricorder from the original series and it's cool shit I gotta say it's great shit and I was super happy to see it Uh, And then they had me talk to them a little bit more. And that's where I felt a little more comfortable, where I get to kind of turn to camera and talk about my personal experience. The two highlights for me of this filming section were when I caught out of the corner of my eye Spock's spacesuit from Star Trek, the motion picture. And I just lit up because that spacesuit is so fucking cool. And what that made me think of is the moment when I was a kid when I saw the motion picture for the first time. The first time I'd ever seen anything with the original cast was the motion picture. And I was home, it was on TV, and uh, I I was just flipping through channels and I saw it and I was like, oh wow, this is cool. And I think it was that very moment where Spock was flying through space by himself, flying into V'ger in his cool orange spacesuit where I just just sat down and decided I was going to watch it from that point on. That's the moment that caught my caught my interest because I'd been watching Next Generation since I was like three or four years old and I'd never watched the original series and I didn't want my first time to be on TV halfway through the movie, but I couldn't stop because it captured my imagination. It captured my my inner Trekkie. It spoke to me on a deep level and I just sat down and watched the rest of it and I was just swept away. I loved it so much. I still adore that movie. I think it's so great because the original motion picture is a lot closer to being like The Next Generation than it is to being like the original series. That's why when I watched Rathacon for the first time, I was like, wow, what is this? This is so different. This is what I expected at all because it is closer in tone to kind of the goofiness and the, the over-the-top uh, drama of the original series. And I, once I watched the original series, I totally got it and love it to death. And Rathacon is one of my favorite movies, but the first time I didn't get it because it was so much further from what I expected from being close to The Next Generation. But anyway, so seeing that was a really great moment. And then I was talking to him about something uh, and I just happened to glance up and I saw the Enterprise D floating, flying above my head. The actual model, the shooting model, the Enterprise D, because the way they set up the exhibit is they had several of the models up uh, above you on the second level. So when you go up to the second level, they're at eye level, but when you're down on the ground floor... Uh, you have to look up to see them. And can I tell you how incredibly fucking incredibly cool it is to look up and see the Enterprise D flying above you? And then I just started, I completely lost my train of thought. I was being interviewed at this moment uh, on camera, and I just started talking like, oh, my God, it's the Enterprise. I know every inch of that ship. I know all the nook and crannies. I know every curve. It's like it's like meeting a friend that I've had this long-distance relationship with my whole life in person for the first time, and it was so cool and so exciting. They also had Deep Space Nine. Oh my god, guys! I got to see Deep Space Nine. I got to see it in person. So once I was done recording, uh, oh, and I also, I also told them the story of my tattoo of, uh, you know, having testicular cancer and then getting this Klingon tattoo on my arm. And how much it meant to me to kind of imbue the Klingon spirit right on my veins, right on that spot on my arm. So so they will hopefully use some of this footage in this documentary that's going to be on the Smithsonian channel. Of course, I'll keep you updated. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, my first step this week towards feeling like I'm a real, real professional nerd. uh, The next step being hosting the landing party, which was absolutely incredible. And I'll get there. I have so much to tell you. So... uh, (laughs) I'm sorry I'm speaking so fast it's just a really exciting couple of days so then I got to look around the rest of the exhibit and I uh I got to look around by myself uh just me and this girl Rachel who was also interviewed and she was working on the uh on the team that put together the Star Trek timeline that's this beautiful timeline that they have up on the wall so we start wandering around and there's Uniforms from the next generation. There's, uh, you know, Cisco's uniform from Deep Space Nine. There's Tribbles. There's the Gorn. There's both of the cons, Mantle Khan and Cumber Khan that we talked about a couple weeks ago when Brooks and Amy were here. And the exhibit is just Mind-blowing! I've seen so many props and costumes from Star Trek in my years as a fan. Of course, I went to the Star Trek exhibit that they used to have in Vegas several times. I've been to conventions. This one is special. This one at the EMP that just opened. This is something real special. And I I can't emphasize enough how important it is that you all go and check out this exhibit because they really captured the feeling of what it is to be a fan and to the the way it's set up is done with reverence and with respect and it gives you this immersive experience. They have a piece of Jeffrey's tube that you can crawl through. And I actually uh, I had my friend film me crawling through the Jeffrey's tube pretending that I'm trying to solve some engineering problem and I was thinking that episode where a bunch of the innards of the ship kind of melt and turn into this goo. I was pretending that that was happening while I was in the Jeffrey's tube in my in my uniform. And it's just so great and so special and so exciting. Uh So, Brooks, my God, Brooks, you did such a great job. I'm even more honored now that Brooks came on my show a couple weeks ago. Um, Okay, so let's get to the landing party itself. It was amazing. I'll say that first. It went so well, and I was so nervous. I haven't really mentioned to you guys the depths of my nerves going into this because I've been kind of uh, living in fear for a couple of weeks now. Uh, I don't generally get that nervous for being on stage, but something about this in particular, once I found out that Brent Spiner was going to be there, just this like rumbling fear in the pit of my stomach has been following me me around in my daily life for weeks. And the day of, I woke up just nauseously nervous, nauseously, (laughs) nauseated. I don't know what the words are. Nauseatedly nervous. Uh, I spent the day making note cards to prepare myself, uh, looking over the show notes that Jesse Jesse Reed from the EMP had sent me, who was kind of my point contact for this event. So you know, I I hosted a party in the past. I hosted the closing party for the Star Wars exhibit last year sometime. So I have some experience, and I, of course, I can talk about Star Trek for days. But something about being there with all these Star Trek fans, like Star Trek is so precious to me, and I just wanted to do a good job. I wanted to represent this event as well as I possibly could. I even spent some time on YouTube learning some Klingon and writing down some note cards so that I could uh, say some things in Klingon on stage if, if the need should arise. So I get to the event. I'm horribly nervous. Uh Jean is there, Jean, who you know from the show, who of course works at the e m p and I just start kind of following her around <laughs> just to have someone to stand next to and and feel a little bit more comfortable and Of course, I'm in my red shirt, I've got my hair done i I look real sharp, I got my nice new communicator pin on i feel I feel very professional Uh, I'm dressed as a red shirt, I got my command pips on because I consider myself to be the fun commander for this party, and Jean and I are just standing there next to the um the little retail store that they have at EMP and they have so many great Star Trek things happening there. And then Brent Spiner walks up to us and just says, hi, how are you? And I just look up and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's data data's here. And he's talking to us probably because Jean's a very attractive woman. I think that's, I don't think it was me that he uh, (laughs) came over to say hello to, but he says, so what do they have here? What do they have? What can you buy here? I hope they have stuff with data on it. And then I turned to him, and say, of course, of course, we only buy the stuff that has data on it. He's like, good, good for you. That's good. And he walks along and it was so cool. <laughs> it was really exciting. Uh, and then this calm comes over me. I th- I don't know. I don't know what it is about meeting Brent Spiner that just had me all kind of twisted up in knots, but that got out of the way before the event even started. And I didn't realize this, but there was a like a, a special party before the event opened, a ribbon cutting ceremony where Brent Spiner and Denise Crosby came out on stage and talked a little bit and cut the ribbon to officially open the museum. And I got to be there for that, which was so cool. And I actually took some video, which I posted up on Twitter and Instagram, which you can see of the ribbon cutting, the actual moment where the ribbon was cut. Uh, so after that, I'm just in, man. I'm just like into the moment. I'm into the exhibit. I'm into the event. And I just feel so calm and in control because the vibe in there for that point was a little bit uh, like stuffy almost because it's like this official event. And there's people from CBS who are there. But I know that once those doors open and all the fans come in, that I'm going to be surrounded by my people, that I'm going to be surrounded by Trekkies. And once that realization hit, I was just like cool as a cucumber. And then the event starts. I get up on stage, and it is just off and running. And I just felt incredible and i'll I just it's it, hosting an event is is a hard thing to prepare for. You can't really know what's going to happen. You need to be loose and open. And the way I look at it is you just have to have a point of view. So, my point of view going into this was, we are trekkies. Let us roar. you know, let us celebrate. This is our night to live it live out our Star Trek fantasies where we feel like we all want this Star Trek future. We all want this, you know, optimistic, incredible future to come to fruition sometime within our lifetime. But this is the night where we all get to be together. So it's real tonight it is real. And I said something to that effect the first time I got up on stage, and it's just it was just a great start um. It just went so well. The highlight of the evening for me was right before, uh, right before Brent Spiner and Denise Crosby came back up on stage to do their official Q and A for the official event. You know, after this initial ribbon cutting, which was just for you know certain people, like the VIP event. So when they came back out for the big event, uh, it was my responsibility to introduce Brooks, who was going to introduce you know Data and Tasha. So I wanted to do something special at that moment. That was the moment where everybody is in the Sky Church. The Sky Church is the big event room at the EMP. Of course, there's all sorts of stuff happening at the event. There's the exhibit itself. There's the store. There's like this cool Starfleet Academy game. There's this photo op in the commander's chair, the captain's chair. So... Uh, people are just out and about throughout the whole evening, but the one time all night where everyone was in the Sky Church was right before uh, Denise Crosby and Brent Spiner came on stage because they're like the rock stars of the evening. So when I got up on stage at that point to introduce Brooks, that's the moment where I had the biggest crowd, and it's sold out. So there's at least 1,200 people in the audience. We, I don't really know how many people there were because I know they sold out at least 1,200 tickets, and there's a bunch a big guest list and a bunch of people from the VIP event. So I don't really know how many people were there, but it was packed. So I get up on stage, and I had this great idea of how to introduce Brooks, and I I said something along the lines of, uh, you know, the exhibit is amazing. Walking into the exhibit feels like you're walking into Star Trek, and that's an incredible gift that Brooks, as the curator, has provided to us as fans. So I thought it'd be fun if we could do something similar for Brooks to make him feel like he's walking into an episode of Star Trek. And how do so many episodes of Star Trek start but with these great words, these iconic immortal words. And I want you to say them with me. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages, blah, blah, blah. So we recite the whole thing together. Me and the, the over a 1,000 people in the audience, we all recite this together. And we get to the end. To boldly go where no one has gone before. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Brooks Peck to the stage. And it was such a great moment. It went so well. Uh, Brooks told me after that it gave him chills to walk up on stage during that. And I really genuinely wanted to give a gift to Brooks because I was just so grateful to be there and so grateful that he had created this amazing exhibit, curated this amazing exhibit. So that was definitely the highlight of the evening for me was that one like glorious moment. And of course, like Brent Spiner, and Denise Crosby are right off, off stage at that point. So I got to do that in front of two people who were on The Next Generation, guys. It was so Cool. Yes! Professional nerddom. That's that's what that was for me. Really incredible. I also did a sing-along uh, later on in the evening of the Enterprise theme song, which you know I hate, but it's a really fun song to sing with other people. And there was a couple of guys in uniform that got so into it who were singing it at the top of their lungs. Which was so much fun. At the very end of the night, I did a sing along of the doo 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 doo, the theme song from the original series to close out the night. We did a costume contest in the middle. We did an impressions contest where the guy who won did an impression of the Grand Negus, which was fantastic. One more incredible highlight that I have to tell you about during the costume parade. One of them kind of gestured to me as he walked by me. He had a Borg cube in his hand. I'm like, oh, cool, Borg cube. I don't know what you said to me. But then he walks over on the other side of the stage and gets down on his knee and opens this cube. And there's a ring inside. And he was dressed as Riker. And there was someone dressed as Troy that he was with. And he's proposing to her. Uh, And I, this is the moment in the night where I was the most... Uh, proud of myself for thinking quickly on my feet in front of a bunch of people because I immediately realized what was happening and stopped caring about what was happening with the costumes and ran over to put the mics on them so that he could propose to her and it was just a beautiful wonderful moment that I was just so thrilled to be able to um, highlight and she said yes and it was beautiful it was so cool uh, there's you could feel the love feel the imzadi love happening right there and he showed me the inside of his little ring case that was the borg cube it said engaged inside <laughs> and it was so cool i threw my arms up in the air when she said yes i was so excited and a couple pictures of that made their way online on on twitter somewhere um so, congratulations to the couple. I got to talk to them a little bit after i I'm an idiot, and I don't remember their names, but uh, but it was really special, definitely, definitely the the most um heartwarming moment of the whole evening. and it was it was great. It was a beautiful, magical, wonderful, incredible night once in a lifetime experience. And I'm so happy that I got to be there and be a part of it. So that's it. That's the e m p guys. That's the opening party. And, yeah, I feel like I covered that pretty well. I hopefully said everything I wanted to say. After the party, I went out with Gene and Claire from the EMP to get some drinks on Capitol Hill. I went out in uniform, and I've never done that before, just, like, gone out in a Star Trek uniform in, like, a public place to have a cocktail. But it was great. It's something that I now know that I really, really enjoy. (laughs) Other crazy fucking awesome nerd shit that happened to me this week. After the party, you know, sad note, I got really sick. (laughs) I was just uh, so tired and so exhausted from expending all this stress and this energy. But I went like hardcore Walking Dead binge-a-thon. Season three of The Walking Dead is is one of the most incredible seasons of television I've ever seen. I watched like the first two seasons over the course of several months. Uh, My mom was visiting when we watched the first episode together, which was... What, January, last January, something like that? But then I got to season three and it was just, it's just perfect. It's just perfect television. It felt like the level of intensity of Lost season one or Heroes season one, which are two of what I consider to be the best seasons of television ever made. Season three of Walking Dead is a consummate season of television. It has the perfect arc, the perfect villain incredible cinematography, incredible acting, and then the level of realism and grittiness and immersion that that season provides versus seasons one and two, it just skyrockets. Uh, so I watched all of season three, I watched all of season four, and I am now part of the way through season five, just all within the last couple of days And holy shit, it's been amazing. I feel like I took a vacation from my life and went into this post-apocalyptic zombie wasteland. If you don't watch The Walking Dead, you got to fix that. You got to watch it. I had kind of been waiting or hesitating to watch it because I wanted to read the comic first. And also because I heard a lot of people say that it gets really slow in places. And that's bullshit. It's not slow. It's just really uh, careful well paced character development if there's an episode where there's not much happening it's because they're looking into the heart and soul of a character and it's the best character development that you could possibly have on TV so i mean it's it's way up there it's like as great as you know like breaking bad as far as developing characters over the course of seasons and i feel like this show has a reputation for being like fun and gory and gross and exciting and sure it is all of those things But it's also incredibly well-written, so well-written. When you follow the arcs of these characters, it's all about how far do you have to go to survive in this situation, and how does that change you as a person? Like, what's that intrinsic thing inside of you as a human being that cannot be touched no matter how awful the world becomes around you? Who do you become? Who do you turn into when you are surrounded by pain and death and violence all the time? And it's really fascinating. I can't say enough about how much I'm loving the show right now. On top of that, to prepare for this week's episode, Sarah and I last night did a photo shoot dressed as Mulder and Scully, and it was so much fun. So much fun. My week of having dressed as a Starfleet officer and being out with all these Trekkies and then having dressed as Mulder and running around the park with Sarah and taking pictures. Rachel, her wife, took pictures for us. It was so much fun. And I've, I've now caught the cosplay bug. Uh, I, I always liked dressing up before. I, Halloween's like my favorite holiday. But it never really occurred to me that like, you could do things in character, um, dressed as a character for any specific reason. And it was so fun. Oh my God. So check out those pictures on my Facebook page. Uh, I've posted links on Twitter and Instagram as well. Or just go to to jessemercury.com. You can find the link there. This week's Sci-Fi on Trial was listed as one of the 11 best podcasts in Seattle, which was so awesome and so exciting. Um, Dan DeRosier, who was just on my last Sci-Fi on Trial, recommended us to his friend who was writing this article for City Arts. And we got in, we made the cut. So Sci-Fi on Trial is there. Speaking of Sci-Fi on Trial, the next movie is going to be Howard the Duck. We voted on Twitter. Thank you all for voting, so make sure you watch that now. We're going to have a viewing party, uh, hopefully this week, and then that Sci-Fi on Trial will be coming up soon. And if you follow me on social media, I've made a little bit of a change this week to how I'm doing things online uh, as far as Facebook is concerned. So I'm just going to tell you about it because it's my podcast. Gosh darn it. And this this t- was something that required a lot of thought which seems silly. It took me months to make this decision. Also seems silly. But this kind of thing is actually really important to me as far as um, how do I present myself online? Because I, I want to be a professional nerd all the time. I want to make music and make podcasts and talk about science fiction and be in the nerd community and just be a part of fandom All the time. And I want to do it professionally. And I want to look professional. I want these shows to sound professional. I want to present something that is clear and easy to follow. So if someone wants to follow me, I want it to be as easy as possible. And the way that Facebook pages work is not conducive to that. Facebook pages have changed a lot over the years. Like if you set up an artist page or an entertainer page... Uh, basically at this point when you post something nobody sees it unless you pay money which is super shitty. If if none of you have a Facebook page, let me try to explain this how it works cuz it's totally different than just having like a regular Facebook like a profile page. I'm talking about having, you know, a a page page, not a profile page. Like uh, when you look up a person and it says, you know, artist, musician, director, something like that, not just their regular profile page. So when you set up one of these Facebook pages, uh, the way that like the algorithm or whatever it is to have it show up to the people that like you, because you don't have friends, you just have people that like you. I don't know how it works, but it works very poorly. And then I, like, I'll post something on my profile page. I posted a picture of me in my red shirt. They got like 90 likes. I posted the same picture on my Facebook page. It got six. So people just don't see it. Um, and, I, and you'll get a message. You get these messages all the time that say, your post is performing 98% better than all the other posts that you have ever put up this week or whatever. Uh, Would you like to boost that post for $5 and see how far it can go? So basically, they're... I feel like they're specifically holding back how many people can see your post unless you give them money. Uh, So I had always just kind of thought, well, this sucks, but I'm just going to keep my Facebook page because a lot of entertainers have Facebook pages and it seems like an important thing to do. I decided this week that that's not true, that I think that that's actually maybe counterproductive because I've been posting everything as Jesse Mercury on my page and then also as Jordi LaForge on my profile. Like my personal profile, my name has been Jordi LaForge for years. And the reason I did that is twofold. One, I want to be the chief engineer of the starship enterprise. And two, I wanted it to be clearer that when I post something as Jesse Mercury, it's on my page. When I post something as Geordie LaForge, it's it's personal. But they've also done all this stuff in the last year or two to make it so that it's a lot easier to, you know, dictate who sees what when you post it on Facebook. So, I've decided that I can have my personal Facebook page and my page where I post everything about all of my podcasts and all of the stuff that I'm doing as Jesse Mercury, uh, it can be in one place. I don't need to have this page. I'm just going to have my personal profile. And the, the kicker to that is that now you have subscribers on Facebook, kind of the way that people would subscribe to you on Twitter or follow you on Twitter. So, I don't have to be friends with people and they can still follow me. Because if you friend request me on Facebook and I don't know who you are, I'm not going to accept the friend request. No offense. And I know since I've started podcasting, I've gotten a lot more friend requests from people that I don't know. And believe me, absolutely no offense at all. I just, I like to keep Facebook for people that I actually know. If, I, if I'm if i going to say yes to being friends with you, it's going to be someone who I've met in real life. Or someone who has interacted with me enough online who, that I know who you are. Like there's several of you that listen to this show that I talk to a lot. Uh, on Twitter or on like personal messages of some kind or another and all of you absolutely we are Facebook friends already you know who I'm talking about but if we haven't reached that level and you friend request me I'm not going to say I'm not going to say yes I'm sorry you know that's my choice but you can't subscribe to me which is great so now I feel like there's absolutely no reason to have this Facebook page as Jesse Mercury so I deactivated it today and I changed my name on my personal page from Joy LaForge to Jesse Mercury so now everything on Facebook is in one place my life is a lot simpler. I don't have to post everything in two places anymore. And then I know that I'm posting something in a place where people who I know who follow me on Facebook will actually see it, which is really nice. So I'm not just like screaming into the void anymore. I, I had been doing weird shit, like posting something on my personal page and then sharing it as Jesse Mercury on my other page because then more people would see it. And that's not right. I mean, that's not, it's it's not a functional way to use social media, so Facebook, I don't like what you're doing with Facebook pages. It's kind of shitty and it seems like just a way to try to make money off of people like me who are, you know, uh, aspiring artists of one kind or another. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel good about it. I got rid of it and I do feel good about that. So, that's been exciting. This week on the show. <laughs> oh my God, I've been talking for a long time. I had a lot to say. I put this off until like 9 p.m. on Wednesday. I usually try to post these up on Tuesday. But I was—I've been so like exhausted and under the weather that it took—it took me until now to kind of build up my reserves of strength to to want to blab at you for a while. And I had so much to say this week. Um, but on top of all that, my God, thank you all so much for listening to this show. I would not have had these these gigs, these hosting gigs without the podcast. It's incredible to me that these opportunities have opened up because of this podcast, because I'm just shouting about my nerddom at the top of my lungs. Amazing things are happening. Amazing things are happening. I feel so legitimate right now in what I'm doing, and it's it's incredible. It's because of this show in particular. This show is the fulcrum around around which everything else rotates. You know, I, The music is definitely the thing that I'm most passionate about. It's the thing that I care the most about. But this show is really what ties everything together and it's what brings people to the music, it's what uh, brings you to me, what allows us to get to know each other Uh, and it's so special and it's so cool and intimate in this interesting way that I'm such a fan of and I love it, I love it so much. I have so many shows right now that I can't wait to release. Uh, and I have like podcast constipation. It's fantastic. That's where you want to be, where I almost feel like I could release more a week. If I just had a little bit more time, I just have so much that I want to talk about and get out there. I have, uh, several fun people coming on the show coming up soon shows that I've been teasing for a long time. I've already recorded one with the guys from dead drift, the indie sci-fi comedy, which is coming up in two weeks. There's just so much, so much great shit. And then I've got this for you today, Sarah and I talking about the X files. So, uh, let's get to that. Here we go. And of course there's only one way to do it you know what it is it's the wonderful music of mark snow take it away So how okay? How old were you when you started watching the X Files?
1: Um, in my teens.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it when it was on the air? No. So how were you introduced to the show?
1: Well, I I, I saw a couple I saw a couple episodes um on the air. I saw the ones in, when when um Scully starts getting like sick from her cancer. Was that season three? Uh, three.
0: Yeah.
1: Four ish. Yeah. I mean, it's a long. I can't remember now. Yeah, had a couple glasses of wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you killed all my X Files knowledge <laughs> <with> Uh-oh. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> no, um, so I yeah I, I watched those on TV and they scared the hell out of me. Really? Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't the the um, the aliens or anything like that. It Was the cancer?
0: Really? Yeah. Interesting. And
1: then I quit watching it for a while.
0: Really? Yeah. So you started watching the show, got scared out of it. And stopped.
1: Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, anyone can get cancer." Uh, no, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, and then I started watching it again. Actually, my dad and I went and saw the first movie in theaters. Um, together, and then after that, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is fucking awesome!" And so then I just like have been watching them pretty much nonstop since then. Yeah. So it's been like twenty years.
0: And and tell me again. <laughs> You told me the other day how many times you've seen the whole show.
1: Too many to admit Ella. No. You've gotta do it. Gotta I've, tell me. I've I've probably seen the entire series at least twelve times. Wow. Yeah. Like and pilot it's... to like, you know, season nine all the way through. Wow. I've only seen the second movie like maybe three times because it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> and so every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, maybe Maybe it'll be good this time. Like, maybe I just didn't, like, catch it, you know? Yeah. And, like, when I watch it, because every time I watch the series, I, anytime I dedicate myself to watching the series, it's always, like, from pilot straight through. Right. Right? And so I don't, like, skip. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. I mean, yeah. there sometimes I'll, like, just watch some episodes here and there. um, But when I decide, no, I really want to watch The X-Files, and, like, I'm dedicated to it like winter time, you know, yeah. <laughs> when there's like nothing better to do, then it's like you start at the beginning and right. you go through. And so then by the time I'm at the second movie, I'm like, "Oh, well maybe maybe it won't suck so bad this time." Um and it does. Yeah. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it. It's trash every yeah. time. Garbage. Let,
0: let's cross a line right now where we're going very spoiler heavy of all X-Files. Yes. So if you don't want to hear that Bail.
1: Yeah, you Get should have bailed when I said when Scully gets cancer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So from now on, say whatever the fuck you want. So, so how how did you? I know. Sorry,
1: <laughs> that scared me too. Um, I was knocked over my wine. But you didn't. No. Didn't. That's what's
0: important. So okay. So the whole <laughs> show comes out, and then years later, this second movie comes out. Yeah. How excited were you?
1: So excited. And like, then how
0: disappointed were you?
1: So disappointed. Well, and also I was I was really disappointed because I heard from a lot of other like X-Files fans that they really liked it. Yeah. Um because the first X-Files movie is very um like government conspiracy. Yeah. And the second movie I heard is very like monster of the week, which is like pretty on par for the way the X-Files does it. Totally. <clears throat> um but I don't know. Like I just, I, I don't think the storyline was really good. I don't think that. I just, I don't think that it was written very well.
0: Yeah. You know. And Chris and, Carter wrote it, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. It was all the same. I mean, the, they had the same guy team. doing the sound and the Mark music. Snow. Yeah, Mark Snow. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Boom, um. Boo, 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 boo. <laughs> yes.
1: boo, 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 boo.
0: It was only a matter of time.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. I can't
0: believe it took me an hour. I to know. Sing. Have
1: we been talking for an hour? Yes. Oh, but only for like 42 seconds of X Files, though.
0: That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make that whole conversation like an episode by itself. And then we'll just start a new episode about also, the X Files.
1: Part two for yes. X Files. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so. Because
0: honestly, right now, I don't remember what we talked about for the last hour.
1: Yeah, I mean, it had to be awesome. Miniatures,
0: though. cupcakes, wine, Carl Sagan.
1: Yeah, science, aliens. Did doing we doing math, but not making it math? Which With I no still numbers. Don't follow. <laughs> if I could explain
0: it, then I'd be an alien. Yeah. Um. Did we sit, Did we spend a while talking about sheets and tucking in sheets? Yes, I think we yes, did. Yes, we
1: did. Yes, we did.
0: I'm in a weird headspace today. That's right. I like got. I got home from work. And yeah. then ate food and then started podcasting yeah. and my brain's not quite yeah. fluttering along at normal speed.
1: Yeah, that's okay. There's, yeah. n- I don't judge you.
0: I ate that chocolate-covered espresso-breen. Breen? Breen. <laughs> chocolate-covered espresso-breen. <laughs> the breen is an alien species from Star Trek nice. that was also laced with marijuana, so now yeah. my brain is yeah. slowly sliding into the abyss. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Also, drink some more of that wine. I
0: also drink a lot of wine. Yeah. Well, so the movie
1: <laughs> and we're back folks we're back.
0: okay so the Files movie comes out the second movie comes out it's yeah. very disappointing very disappointing and as far as we know that's the end of the line yeah
1: and so you know of course what did i do in a movie that i was terribly disappointed in with a series that i couldn't love more i bought it <laughs> i was like well i'm gonna have to buy it as soon as it comes out yeah yeah
0: so so then it's announced that this reboot series is happening Mm-hmm. The new six episodes are coming out. Yeah. What is your reaction to that?
1: Oh, I was, like, just crazy for, I don't know, the whole time, the year <laughs> that I heard that it was, like, I don't know, like, last winter, I was like, they're gonna start shooting this summer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. Yeah. I
1: was, like, crazy, following it like a huge nerd. and Yeah.
0: That's like me with, like, The Force Awakens. I just followed everything.
1: Yeah. 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 And, like, um, I was reading about, you know, like, any time, like, Jillian Anderson would, like, tweet David Duchovny. Yeah. Like, oh, they're excited, too. Yeah. You know, because I. Their relationship
0: is fascinating.
1: Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, I don't know. It's like it's it's cool as a fan to know that the the actors that portray these characters that you love are also very excited about it. Yeah. Right. I don't know. There's just something it's like, oh, cool. Like, you're excited, too. You know, it's not just you as a fan being Fanatical. It, it's
0: palpable on screen when when it's that way. Yeah, I mean it's totally yeah. that way in the next generation.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, you like read stuff all the time about how that cast is just like family with each other.
1: Yeah, and and it shows, and you can tell when when actors are just like really into it, and when they're not. Yeah, you know, and and it does it changes their dynamic on screen. It changes the way that you see it as a viewer. I don't know. So it's like yeah, with like them being jazzed about doing it, I was like super excited. Yeah, I yeah, just said totally. jazz.
0: I love jazz. I say rad all the time. <laughs> so
1: do
0: I. I Someone called me out for saying rad. I think it was on Reddit. Really? And I was like, "What?" I mean, I like posted something where I said something was rad. Uh-huh. And instead of commenting on the thing, someone commented on me saying rad. Oh. I Was like, "You
1: you Are have your rad. priorities wrong, dude." Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> dude. Um anyway, so so you got super excited about the new six yeah. episodes. Yep. And then I just have to know, like, off the bat, what is your reaction to the new episodes? Loved it. Loved it.
1: Yeah. Can I, can I say that the when the first episode of the new season 10 actually aired, I had to be at work and I missed it. And I literally shed tears. Wow. I literally, not, I didn't, like, weep or sob. But it hurt my feelings. Yeah, I should say that you're
0: just like standing at the cash register with like a slow tear dripping down. Your no,
1: face. I was like in front of the schedule, you know, because oh. I had it like marked on yeah. the calendar of like this is the day it comes out.
0: You're just standing yeah. there quietly going,
1: boom. And then boom, I was like, boom, and I, boom, yeah, boom, I looked, boom. boom just real and then, sadly, like, and my feelings got really hurt, you know. Yeah. And then I had like a little welling of you know tears in my eyes. And then I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?
0: <laughs> Are you serious? Wow! Yeah. So then, so you come home and watch it, and what's it like to see? Uh, what's it like to see X Files for the first time in what fifteen years yeah. that you actually liked?
1: Yeah. Um, no, I thought it was. I thought it was great because um, they they didn't try to make Mulder and Scully anything. Um, different, you know what I mean? Like, they fell back into their characters pretty easily. I would say by, like, the second episode, they Mm -hmm. were kind of, like, back into the... The first episode was like, oh, you guys are still trying to figure out how to be Mulder and Scully again. Yeah.
0: The first episode, I felt like David Duchovny was playing Hank Moody from Californication.
1: Yeah. 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 Which I
0: love. I I watched every episode of that show. Yeah. I don't think it's a good show, but I loved it. No,
1: he's the only good... I mean, I tried to watch that show, and I was like, are these people, like, seriously actors? Like, do it's, they, do they it's, get paid to do this?
0: It's literally like, I mean, I was a young boy at one time, yeah. and that's the show I would have made.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it's like not, I don't know, but I still love it. Not it's, a lot of
1: high standards there. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, I love that they, like, kind of <clears throat> admitted about, like, you know, their, they didn't try to hide, like, their aging, yeah. you know, or anything like that. And I, I kind of like that they picked it up and you weren't really sure where Mulder and Scully were at with their relationship. Yeah. You know, because that, again, is like a theme throughout the whole entire series is you don't really know what's happening between them as people. personally. Yeah. You are get,
0: they fucking?
1: You get, well, you get snippets. You know, the second movie, yes. They're living together.
0: Yeah, which There's- I had no idea. You told me that. I was like,
1: what? Yeah. Because
0: I never saw the second movie. Yeah. I saw the first half of the X-Files. I saw... Uh, seasons, not even the first half, I think I saw seasons one through four. Because mm-hmm. when did the, the first movie happens after season four or five?
1: Five. Between five and six.
0: Then I saw one through five. Yeah. Uh, and I watched them before I moved to Seattle uh, and it was like that period of time where I was like very sick and just yeah. in bed all the time. Yeah. And X-Files is one of the things I picked up. Yeah. And I'd seen the movie when I was a kid when it first came to out, came to out, when it first <laughs> came out and I really liked it. Yeah. And I thought, I remember thinking to myself, well, I should get into the show. I mean, there's aliens. Yeah, there's cool people in it. Yeah, I like the dude with the cigarettes; he's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I should watch the show. And I, I saw episodes here and there of the later seasons because my parents watched it. My mom liked the show. Mm-hmm. I remember, some like this episode where they're on a ship, uh, and there was, I, I man, it's so long the ago. The both of them. Yeah, they're both on like a, a ship, and. There's, like, weird ghost things happening.
1: Oh, yeah, when they get, they, like, their um, aging process, like, speeds up. Yes. And Scully has to, like, figure out why, and it's the water. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there's, like, some really intense sexual chemistry between the two Mm -hmm. of them in that episode. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, one of the first episodes that I saw of the show. So I came back, and I, I started the show from scratch. And the first episode was, I will use the word gobsmacked for how good I thought it was. <laughs> the first episode really blew me away. The pilot? The pilot.
1: Yeah, the pilot is is really, really well done. Yeah. I, I think it's probably the best pilot for a TV show. Yeah. B- because they have to, like, lay the foundation, like, solid, fast. And they had to, like, really solidify the way that Mulder and Scully's relationship was going to be. Yeah. You know?
0: And also, just, like, from a sci-fi perspective, it was just really engaging. Yeah, yeah, And then, so I watched the whole first season, and I felt a little let down by it, because I felt like the pilot was such a high bar, and there was maybe, like, four or five episodes that hit that level in yeah. the first season. Yeah. But then the second season just was amazing. I mean, the whole, like, Crycheck arc in the second season... I remember Mulder like going up to the top of a hill at one point.
1: That's and- the one where yeah, where um, Scully gets abducted.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. And so- I was just like so into it. I loved it so much. What were you going to
1: say? Sir, so, oh, um, only because you mentioned Crycheck. He yeah. is in uh he's in an earlier episode. It's called Gender Bender. And it's about this like um I don't know. Like "quote unquote" person who can change their gender, right? And so they can be like female look female change back into male and crychek plays a person on that episode who like has sex with this woman who ends up being like changes into a man or whatever Whoa. so he's like this quote unquote like victim of this like
0: just the crime. actor yeah just yeah. the actor
1: and then they bring him back as like a main plot driving character who's Weird. throughout the whole rest of the entire series
0: That's so strange. I know. Yeah.
1: When I went back and watched it, I was like, that's Krychek. What?
0: Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I remember, like, I really was, like, really getting into the show. And then I got to season five, which is the season where Mulder doesn't believe anymore. Yeah. And it got me so down. You know,
1: That's what Rachel says. She's like, uh, I hate when Mulder doesn't believe anymore.
0: It's so hard for me. Yeah. Because Mulder's excitement is really what drove me personally in the show. Yeah. Uh, And then... I couldn't deal with it. And I was like do, going through all this like really heavy health stuff. Yeah. And I needed Mulder to believe. Yeah. So I, I kind of stopped. Yeah. Well, but I stopped. I mean, I straight yeah. up stopped. Yeah. I got towards the end of the season. I, I didn't quite finish season five.
1: Yeah. I was
0: almost at where the movie would be. And I was really excited to see the movie again. Because as far as I remember in the movie, it's kind of what turns him around to believing again. Is that right?
1: Um, n- I, No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fair. I I barely remember events leading
1: up to the movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so yeah. I mean, it's like it is always like that's one of my kind of like I don't know more less exciting parts of the X Files season five. Yeah, is when Mulder is not believing anymore. But um. But I, th- I think that it has, like, really good purpose, though, because, like, totally. when you're so passionate about something, right? I mean, I, I think that this is one of the reasons why I love The X-Files is because Mulder is so passionate about it, right? And it's, like, this huge driving force. And we've all felt that way about something, where it's, like, we got to do this right now. And, like, there's nothing else that matters and just, like, throw caution to the wind and fuck it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and then, at some point, you do question, like, its validity. Yeah. Right? And so, like, I mean, the reason why he stops believing, believing is because he's, like, prevent he's presented with, um, you know, quote-unquote facts that it's...
0: It's all the government.
1: It's just a government s- smokescreen to, right. you know, kind of make people sound like crackpots to cover up other actual government wrongdoings you know um and so i think that it's good that he has a minute to like reflect and change his mind because don't we all yeah stop and be like wait what
0: yeah is that right he has his crisis of faith and i was going through my own at the time so i couldn't deal with molders too yeah so (laughs) yeah uh, so i stopped and it's something that i think about a lot i don't just give up on shows Lightly, yeah, and it's not I never really felt like I gave up on the x files, mm-hmm. and when the new the new stuff came out, I watched it, I was yeah. really excited for it, and I watched it, yeah, uh, but I had missed a lot, and it was very apparent to me that I didn't know what was going on, yeah, like so much of the the new episodes revolves around Mulder and Scully's kid, and I yeah. was like, what, yeah, they slept together like at that point, i you know, when I left the show, they'd absolutely not slept together,
1: but you don't know actually, you never get told whether that kid is a product of them actually sleeping together because really? Scully does ask Mulder to be a sperm donor.
0: Wow. Interesting. Yeah.
1: And so you don't know, like, did they like so sleep the, together or did he just like,
0: the only proof you ever really have that they slept together is when they're living together in the second movie.
1: Yeah. Cause they're actually like in bed together and Mulder's making sick jokes about like fucking her.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Whoa!
1: Not sick jokes, but he's, like, implying... That's so strange. You know, yeah.
0: Yeah, man, that's weird. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like it breaks something of the chemistry? No. No?
1: No. No, because, I mean, that's the thing, is, like, there's... There is... I think that, like, the first kind of glimpse you get of it is in the first movie. Uh Um, You know, because there's, like, a moment where they're, like, getting ready to kiss, but then something happens and then they don't. Yeah. Um, You know, but you... you, I've
0: never seen that in a movie before.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, But you... I don't know. I always kind of thought of it as... Is that because they're just like having this really intense moment where they feel like very connected to each other because they've been through so much and that sometimes those lines get blurred? Hmm. Or is it because they actually feel that way, you know? Yeah. So it's left very hazy, I think, which I really appreciate. I like that because I feel like if they were ever put in a situation where they were definitely together, it would have compromised their relationship on the X-Files together because they're, they're written both so well and to be so respectful of each other. And they both have like great admiration for the other one. You know, it's like, it's a really, really great, um, Friendship that they have and, like, personal relationship that they have. And if they would have tried to write in more, like, romance, I think it would have ruined it.
0: Yeah. So when did they have a kid together? Like, what season?
1: Eight, I think, is when Scully has her baby.
0: And season eight is the last season that they're both in.
1: Or nine. No, it's season eight.
0: Okay. Season eight is Is, the last episode. Is Mulder in season eight?
1: Yeah, for a little bit. He's in a few episodes.
0: Okay, so he's he's not in all of season eight. And then season nine, there's no Mulder or old Scully? Yeah. Until the last episode? Yep. Which yep. I didn't even know until you told me a couple days ago. Yep. I always thought that Scully was in it the whole way through for some reason. uh
1: huh. Uh-uh.
0: That's so strange that they did a season of The X-Files with neither of them.
1: Yeah, it's so weird. And they changed, like... I mean, I think season eight is when they changed the... Or season... Yeah, season eight is when they changed, like, the opening sequence, oh, really? too. Which is just, like, so upsetting. Yeah. I used to have, to, like... Fast forward through it, yeah, <laughs> because like I couldn't like <laughs> watch it. I'm just like, This is what am I doing?
0: That's how I feel about the opening to Star Trek Enterprise. Have you yeah. ever seen that show? No, it's a great show, but the opening is awful, yeah, yeah.
1: You're just like, Oh, what it's am I doing? been a
0: long road, no, getting from there to here. <laughs> it's terrible,
1: yeah, that sounds terrible, it's terrible, yeah.
0: Wow, so they season 8 they changed the title. And then they bring it back for season 10, yeah. which was so cool. Yeah. In the new episodes. Yeah.
1: It's not back entirely the way it was. They put Mitch Pelagi, Skinner yeah. on a little FBI like, you know, I- identification card yeah. for season 10. <clears throat> but, which is
0: cool cuz he's rad. Yeah. Was and he was in all of it?
1: Yeah, he's in all of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah, on Stargate Skinner's uh, the homie. Stargate Atlantis for a while. Really? Yeah, he was great. Oh.
1: Cool. Yeah. yeah, he's he's awesome. And I, I love him in the X-Files, too, because he, like, he walks this very um, unsettling line between, like, helping Mulder and Scully with their stuff, and then also, like, keeping, like, the government, like, off like his happy. back. Yeah, yeah, happy.
0: Totally. He's um, a suit. I mean, he really is, he but totally he's, is. like, and the I, best one, the best kind.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that, like, I don't know, there's some times where I'm like, come on, Skinner, like, grow a pair, you know? Yeah. But then other times, but I don't know, when you look at it in its entirety, you're just like, yeah, like someone had to do that. Like someone had to be the medium. Yeah. And like appease, you know, the powers that be or whatever, you yeah. know, so that Mulder and Scholar can just like.
0: Otherwise the show would have lasted for like six episodes.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Totally. Yeah. He's I mean, he's like a vital piece of the puzzle. He
1: is. And yeah. And I think that he is like totally underrated. A lot, because he, he does a lot of, like, I don't know. He gets a lot of information for them and stuff when Mulder goes and does something stupid, which is often... All the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, okay, I have a question for you. Okay. For someone who is not entrenched in the X-Files, what do they need to know to get full enjoyment out of the new six episodes, story-wise?
1: Um, Story-wise... Well, I would say, I mean, the X-Files is a term for the type of um, case, I guess, where there is no logical explanation, right? Yeah. So it's like some sort of like phenomenon happened, right?
0: What does the X stand for?
1: It's because, so they, they explained this once in in an episode where they didn't have anywhere else. They usually file alphabetically. Uh-huh. Um, they didn't have room anywhere else except for in the X's. Oh, for and the so weird they put shit. all the the weird stuff that didn't have a, a like a place to be. Huh. They just filed it under X, so That's they became cool. the X Files. Um,
0: I love that. It's a great fucking title. Yeah,
1: it is so good. It is because it's so like obscure and ominous, and
0: you know, you know what know? it means. Without, yeah, but like, I've never heard that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I've heard that, I've forgotten. Yeah. So. But I understand, like, X means, I think, like, extraterrestrial, you know?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, like,
0: extra, like, paranormal or something. Yeah, extraordinary. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: So I just get it without knowing what it means. I just get it. Yeah. But that's what the show's about.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so um, Mulder is the one that's, like, totally 100% bought into all paranormal activity. Yeah. And Scully is the scientist counterpart who
0: questions everything.
1: Questions everything, but she comes to believe in a lot of stuff because she has experienced it through all the years of being on The X-Files with Mulder. Yeah. Um, And that's something
0: that, like, after a couple years, like, come on, Scully. You've seen enough to know that he's probably right. Yeah,
1: but the the thing is, too, is that I I love that they wrote her always second-guessing everything because that's what you do as a scientist, right? I mean, until all the facts are in, right? right? But, I mean, they're not, like, you know doing studies and sending them to be peer-reviewed, you know? (laughs) Um, But she has, I mean, she has to be the one who tells Mulder to, like, slow down and, like, wait a minute and think about it. Even though most episodes are written to where nine times out of ten he's right, you know? But there's a lot of things that would be wrong had Scully not been, like... You know, what about this?
0: I feel like a lot of time he's only right because she's there. Yeah. Because he's bouncing off of her. Yeah. And it kind of pushes him towards the right thing. Yeah. And, you know, we watched the last two episodes of this Uh the new season a couple nights ago. Uh And you were talking about how Mulder, and I think I got it for the first time, that Mulder's the guy who lives a little bit outside of himself. Mm -hmm. So he can see things that other people can't. Yeah. That he's really, like... Like, I always kind of just took it on, like, suspension of, of disbelief that Mulder was making these leaps. Yeah. But but maybe he's tuned into something that we aren't. Yeah. And there's something kind of special and powerful about that. Yeah. That I felt for the first time in the episode where he uh, did LSD. M- m- took or mushrooms. mushrooms. Took yeah. mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Where I kind of got it for the first time. When, when you see inside of his mind and he mm-hmm. goes to these places... Yeah. That... Where he, he kind of touches the truth a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like maybe maybe he's always like that. Maybe he's yeah. always kind of touching the truth in some slight well, way. Well, and he's
1: he's written the background of his character is that he went to Oxford, was the top of his class, and that he started out in the FBI as a profiler. Right. Um and so it's I mean, and there's a few episodes where they talk about, you know, Mulder has this way of just like seeing like kind of what people are gonna do what they're made of he, he can just kind of like naturally see a little bit deeper which i think is true of some people oh totally know. um
0: i think i have that and then realize i don't all the time
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think you have it. yes Absolutely. Somet-
0: sometimes i do yeah other times i'm so wrong yeah and i get myself in so much trouble because of it i <laughs> this is why i'm like don't have a girlfriend because no. I
1: because <laughs> you can't read that far
0: <laughs> well because I tell people what they're feeling all the time I'm like oh I have I'm a judge of character and this is what you're feeling like no I'm not <laughs>
1: I don't feel I'm that I'm hungry all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. that's awesome yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes <clears throat> um, and so I think that I think that he was written that way to kind of give you that idea that he does have Just this natural, deeper intuition, yeah, you know, in into the world around him, and then he takes enormous leaps of faith all the time, all the time, and but
0: ends up being right all the time.
1: Yeah, well, which is interesting. Yeah,
0: it's very, it's it's an interesting dynamic because Scully is the one who should be right. She's the one who's logical and methodical and careful and thoughtful. Yeah, and always wrong.
1: It's really interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, and I think that it's, again, it's written that way because in everyday life, she would always be right, but this is the X-Files. Yeah. This is things that have to do with things that we don't yet, like, know about for sure. You
0: know what was cool was to see in the new episodes, she wasn't really that way anymore. She was very much, like, ready to take in new information yeah. and open to it. And then when they bring in Einstein and Miller towards yeah. the end, yeah. and Einstein is Scully. The young Scully. Yeah. yeah. And Miller is the young Mulder, which yeah. I thought was awesome. Yeah. I was so pumped that they just like recreated the exact dynamic. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's so, that's so great. And so in line with the more goofy elements of the show, mm-hmm. which I really tune into. I yeah. love the goofy yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought that was so cool. But then to see the growth of these two characters, how... Uh, Scully's become more open and Mulder's become more jaded and sad. Like yeah. Mulder's really lost some of his spark his because enthusiasm. his quest for the truth has come up fruitless time and time again. Yeah. And, and that's also really good for the audience because you can't just keep watching someone where like this, like the, their dynamic stays the same for 10 seasons. It can't be that way
1: exactly so to
0: change it but then bring back in the original dynamic and have them play against that yeah was i thought really great storytelling yeah and i really made me want more yeah the last two episodes i think um were the strongest my favorite episode of the season though was the one where uh murray from flight of the concords was in it and he's like a a weird creature who got bit by a human and then turned into a human yeah yeah so great yeah that's awesome Uh, I got I sidetracked myself yeah. just now. What were we talking about? Okay, we're talking about oh, we're talking about what you need to know about the X Files. Okay, yeah. so tell me about the government conspiracy because this was what I loved about the show. And my, I mean, we'll make it. We can make it brief. I, you rolled your eyes at me because well, I know because it's, it's like, it's like a huge, <laughs> it's a huge thing to ask, but. What I remember of it is basically there's like the cigarette smoking man who's in charge of this syndicate of of shadowy individuals.
1: Yeah, he's not he's not really in charge though. Okay. I mean, in the beginning, he's part of it, uh-huh. right? And so he he's part of this yeah this um shadow like group of men who basically have made a, like a deal with aliens about the um taking over the planet yeah. and enslaving humans. But he's not.
0: And when do you find that out in those in those terms? Not for a long time. Oh, not for a
1: long time. Yeah, not for a long time. I
0: remember by the time I stopped watching, I had no idea what they were doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and that's the thing. And I, I I like that it was written that way because we have no idea as viewers what is happening the same way Mulder and Scully have no fucking idea what's happening either yeah. as like trying to find the truth. Right. Right. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, basically the whole, the whole government conspiracy is Mulder um, is trying to figure out what the government is hiding about their knowledge of extraterrestrial life yeah. and our contact with it. Um, And he will stop at nothing to like find it. And they're trying to stop him because um, for whatever reason, and there's a lot of reasons and some of them are very obvious and some of them are never really that obvious, you know? Yeah. And so it's like all very hazy. um, And so, you know, then the chase begins. (laughs) I don't know.
0: (laughs) I remember something about the cigarette smoking man and Mulder's father. And, and and also, like, that, the cigarette-smoking man and Mulder's mother. Like, maybe they had yeah. some sort of relationship. Yeah.
1: Well, so, Mulder's dad worked for the State Department. Uh-huh. Um, and you never really know what the... Well, there is an episode that's dedicated just to the earlier years of the cigarette-smoking man. Yeah. So, like, you find out all the heinous things that he has been involved in. Was that
0: the one in black and white? Yeah. I remember that. That's right towards... Almost the last episode that I watched before yeah. I stopped.
1: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, that's sort of when, when you start realizing that um, Mulder's dad was involved and things like that, that's when you start figuring out the deal that was made between the syndicate and the alien race to, to take over the world. Yeah, and so should I just say what it is? Yeah, Can I do that. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, I mean we already gave the spoiler. We gave the
0: spoiler alert. Yeah,
1: um, and so the whole idea is that they were um, they made a deal with this alien race to to take over the planet and to make humans like this like slave population for them, um, and but they made the deal long enough out to where hopefully they were going to find a cure for this vaccine that they were going to like give all the humans to like make them obedient and things like that. Um, And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of times where you don't know if the, was the syndicate doing what they thought was best at the time, even though they're all, like, evil, terrible assholes? Yeah. You know, and Mulder wants to stop them, but then what cost is that going to be? Because, like, the alien takeover is still going to happen. Right. You know, and so there's a lot... Like, it's never really, truly 100% clear. And then as soon as you think you got a handle on it, then there's other... Like, there's a rebel alien, like, force... Yeah. (laughs) ...that comes in and, like, starts... You know, like, killing all of the other aliens that were gonna, like, take over the planet, wow. and then the syndicate gets killed, except for Cigarette Smoking Man, and then all bets are off. You know, and so basically, up until then, like, they had, you know, more or less created the future by making this deal with this this alien race, and then um once... Once that's all off the table, then it's like every man for himself. And then it gets more confusing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So when the new episodes start, there is no syndicate anymore. The cigarette smoking man's working alone.
1: Yeah, more or less.
0: Yeah. And then the events of the last episode seem to be... Potentially, like, the coming to fruition of this plan that has been in place this whole time. Mm -hmm. But instead of making them obedient, they're just killing everybody. Yeah, yeah. Where they release this virus that just starts killing everybody.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And then you were saying when we watched it that you didn't feel like that was really in line with what they'd set up.
1: Well, yeah, because I feel like, um, you know, there's there's past episodes where, like, Scully, you know, looks at... The scar tissue of her smallpox vaccination, whatever, in her arm. Uh-huh. And there's, like, a little marker. There's, like, a tag. Like, something had been added in to their, to the DNA, yeah. right? Um, and that's kind of something that is, a, like, a reoccurring theme throughout, like, the government conspiracy. Um, but then in the last episode, they're talking about that it's something that's been removed.
0: Well, w- could it be that the alien DNA that they added? The alien DNA seems to be the protecting element, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which Scully has because she yeah. was abducted. Yeah. And everything. Um but I don't I don't remember there being a time in the previous episodes where they talk about something having been added in to yeah. people's DNA. Yeah. Through the smallpox vaccination. Which is what that the smallpox vaccination is the um sort of the access that they have, right? That was the... Yeah, th-
0: which is such a cool idea because everybody gets it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, which is, yeah, it's cool. Um,
0: and then it's passed down hereditarily.
1: Yeah, genetically. Yeah.
0: Yep. Her- is that a word, hereditarily?
1: Yeah, I think that's a word. Okay, good. If it's not, it can be. It sounds sure. great. Thank Make you. Make it a word. I made it up. Yeah, good job. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Not sure. Even. Who knows?
0: Who knows? Well, the dictionary knows, but let's not ask him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is it sexist of me to assume the dictionary is a man?
1: Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. Thank you. I was thinking about this a lot, though. Kind of. Because I've been, I've been re-watching a lot of X-Files episodes the last couple of days. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that one of the reasons why I love it so much is because um, Mulder and Scully are written pretty much the same. Which hmm. Which I love. You know, I I, I think that they write Mulder as vulnerable as they do Scully. And they write her just as, like, badass and tough as they do Mulder. Which, Mulder's not very badass or tough. He always gets his ass kicked. Yeah. You know, but...
0: So you mean those two characters are, like, one character?
1: Yeah. Well, I I feel like they're two. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, two sides of one person.
1: Yeah. Which I like. I mean, I, I like that they didn't make Scully, like this, like, I don't know, weaker woman character right? that Mulder has to, like, protect all the time.
0: Oh, yeah, she comes to his rescue all the time. All the time. Yeah, yeah,
1: because he just does not have any forethought at all. He puts himself in the shittiest situation possible all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I I like that. I think that that's one of the reasons why I, I got really into it was because I was like, oh, yeah, like, she's, like, super badass, and he's... You know, I don't know. Like, like there's a, this mutual respect that they have yeah. for each other, and they're written very much the same, which I like.
0: As as a as a woman, did that really speak to you? Was she like a, a female hero of yours? No, really.
1: No, I think it speaks to me now. Yeah, that I can. You know, I mean, I thought it was cool then. I mean, I, I definitely noticed it, but she wasn't like, oh, she's my new idol. Yeah. Now, you did know? you
0: have idols when you were a kid?
1: No. I don't think so. Good
0: for you. That's cool. Yeah, no. You don't need them because you're awesome.
1: <laughs> I just wanted, like, the freedom to just, like, be me. Yeah. You know? And I think it's hard to be you if you have, like, idols that you're trying to be like, I guess. Uh,
0: that's very wise words. <laughs> I really like that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, let's talk about each episode in the new series. Sing the theme song while I pull up the episodes.
1: No. <laughs> I will not. (laughs) Love that there's a season 10. I know, it's so And they left it open, too. There was, like, no conclusion, which I really like.
0: I can't imagine them not making more.
1: Did you find what you were looking for? I did. Can I put my feet out like this, too? Yes, totally. Do I need to move this closer to my face? Yes, totally. Like that?
0: Perfect. Okay. Okay, so the first episode of the season is called My Struggle, Mm -hmm. in which uh, Mulder and Scully are reunited, and then Alien is... Uh, Alien. Mulder is introduced to the ARV, the alien replica vehicle. Yeah. Uh, Joel McHale's character is introduced. What is his name? Uh, Tad O'Malley. Yeah. The sort of extremist TV personality.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which he plays really well. He
0: does. He plays it really well. Yeah. He does a really good job. And then, uh, so basically the question still exists Um, is it aliens or is it the government?
1: Yeah. Or is it both?
0: Or is it both? Yeah. And this episode, I felt like was really trying to say it was both. It's like aliens crash landed in Roswell. Yeah. Government uh, used the technology to build a UFO, basically. Yeah. And then maybe, because we see UFOs a lot throughout the series, maybe they are government issue.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's, again, that's like a reoccurring theme in the entire series is, like, I mean, are we just, like, is the government just stealing, go- like, alien technology? Like, yeah. how did we get a hold of it? What are they doing with it?
0: Yeah. You know. And then we have uh, Sveta, the mm-hmm. character who's convinced that she has alien DNA. Yeah. Who vanishes at the end of the She's episode. She's a
1: multiple abductee. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And then kind of plants the seed, in my mind anyway, that maybe... Scully also has alien DNA. If yeah. this person was abducted and they stole her fetuses, maybe that's what happened to Scully. Because
1: well, we know that's what happened to Scully. We know she, for sure
0: that she was abducted. And yep,
1: th- yep. Because and Mulder Mulder finds her all of her ovum in like this cryogenic.
0: Oh, that's right. Like, I remember that one. Yeah. Cell.
1: Um, and like right before it explodes, he's able to like grab hers and then like book it out the front door like a hero. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um. Yeah, so it's, like, we... And I think that, like, as somebody who's watched it for a long time, it was, like, oh, shit, like, that's still going on. All right. You know, like... (laughs) I don't know. It was, was like, okay, like, you know, the government's still up to their old dirty tricks, you know, but you don't ever really know the reason behind it. You know, you just know that that's what's happening.
0: So this one kind of, like, introduces a bunch of stuff and also reintroduces a bunch of stuff, Mm -hmm. but doesn't necessarily go anywhere new yet doesn't necessarily bring something new to that government conspiracy story. Yeah. And we're not going to get back to that government conspiracy until the last episode of the season. Yeah. Which was an interesting choice. Yeah. To really just kind of focus on Mulder and Scully and like, where are they now?
1: Yeah. 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 It was just hitting the refresh button.
0: Yeah. How did you feel about this episode?
1: I liked it. I liked it. Totally. Because, um, because again it was just like kind of like just reacquainting yourself with um kind of the like same old song and dance as far as plot goes but so many years later you know and then you find that Mulder and scully are not living together you know and like all this stuff and so you're like oh what happened to them you know because it's been so long and so i think it was a really wise choice to keep kind of the basic plot the same because they had to write in so many differences with Mulder and Scully in order for it to still feel like fresh and new because if we if we went back to where we saw them last it's like fucking boring right Mm, totally you know you're like oh cool you just been like hanging out with each other for the past you know I don't know that's great for real life, but that's shit TV. <laughs> yeah, it seems like they
0: ha- like hadn't seen each other in a long time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and so like that I think that that was like a really good a really good choice that they made. Yeah. Um to write it that way because you know, again, like back to what we were saying earlier is like we never really have a clear understanding of what's happening with Mulder and Scully personally. You know, it's always like the work that brings them together. Right. Um And they're each one of their own passions becomes the other's passion because they care so deeply for each other, but you don't know like what like you don't know if they're romantic or whatever, you know? And so to have it be written to where it's again like they're on a a downswing.
0: Hmm. You know,
1: you know that there's room for them to like come back reconnect and to like rebuild that relationship throughout the the six Episodes. Yeah.
0: That's a really good way of putting it that they are like on a downswing. Yeah. And then through the course of the episode, it kind of does put them in the position where they do have to reopen the X Files. Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah.
0: Which is really, and it seemed like something that Skinner really wanted to have happen, but not necessarily anyone else. You know? (laughs) Skinner's just like,
1: Yeah. He's bored.
0: I, I think Skinner feels trapped. Yeah. And the X Files are the only thing that make him feel free.
1: Well, and I think too that, um, also when when you are party to the x-files and you see what is really out there that anything else is like so boring and mundane and such a disappointment yeah right and so i mean throughout throughout the series skinner sees you know Aliens and all this stuff, and he becomes like a believer of Mulder's Quest too And so, to, to have that taken away mm-hmm. after you know, like, if you know,
0: yeah, that must be like, imagine devastating if you saw the him. world
1: in black and white after seeing it in color, you know what I mean, right? It's like that same sort of like, wah, wah, you right. know, totally. Um, and yeah, and so it's, like, it's even better that they, like, brought Mitch Pelagi back into it to, to be, you know, to have Skinner, like, on the, you know, sidelines, like, rooting for him again, you know? Yeah. I think that's yeah. great.
0: Yeah, totally. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, next is uh, Founder's Mutation. Mm-hmm. This is one where people keep hearing, like, crazy high-pitched noises and killing themselves.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ramming things through their ears into their brains.
0: yeah. Second... I remember
1: I remember the first scene though, with the first guy, he's like sitting in the meeting though, like, yeah. and he does and he like starts hearing that sound. Um and that I thought was shot so well. Like the visuals like made you feel like like that sound was also like in your brain. Yeah. Which I thought was like great.
0: Totally. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they find like these telekinetic children. That are being That's right, yeah. That are being worked on.
1: Mm hmm. Great classic maybe not so much monster of the week, but like um wrongdoing of the week. You know, yeah. they had a lot of those too, where they were just like, Oh, you're a terrible scientist using these, you know, poor people for experimental purposes.
0: Totally. Yeah. This one didn't uh this one didn't like stick with me Yeah. that much. Yeah. Like
1: Again, I think that I think that, that episode was more about Again, kind of getting Scully and Mulder, like, back into the groove. Totally. You know, because that is something that I remember in that episode is that they were, you know, the first episode is still like, oh, you know, like, they're really not themselves. Because they're seemingly coming back together for the first time in God knows how many years, you know? Yeah. Um, and so a lot of it feels like they don't know how to be themselves around each other either. You know, and so by season two, it's like, oh, no, they're falling back into their old like habits. You know, episode two, you mean. Or episode two. Yeah. 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 I said season two. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But that was also true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And episode three to me is where like the season really kicks off, Mm -hmm. where it like really felt right to me for what I remembered of like my my time with the X-Files. Yeah. Uh, Mulder and Scully meet the were monster. Yeah. Where uh, Reese Darby. Is that his name? I think it's his name. Yeah, Reese Darby, who was Murray on *Fly of the Concords, plays the were-monster, where basically he's a monster who keeps turning into a human. Yeah. And the whole episode long, you're like, oh, this human's turning into a monster. But then you find out eventually, no, it's the other way around. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, being a, a human is a curse to him. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's been cursed by a human, and now he keeps turning into the thing that he hates. Yeah. And he has to go get a job. <laughs> And like this scene where he's talking about, it's like, I, I don't even know what I was saying. And then they promoted me. I loved it so much. Yeah. And then there's this wonderful magical moment at the end where like, you can kind of tell that Mulder is just really depressed when the season starts. Yeah. He's in a really bad place. Yeah. And then this episode, he sees something truly paranormal mm-hmm. and has this amazing one-on-one experience with this were-monster and brings him back to his passion. Yeah. And at the end, when the guy turns back into the monster, runs off in the forest, and they have that really interesting connection. I I love this episode. This was one of my favorite episodes ever of The X-Files. I just really loved
1: it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it it was a great episode. And, I mean, for all the reasons that you're saying, it was like, it was weird, right? You didn't really know exactly what was going on. It was really... Really funny, but that also had those like moments for the characters to have like realizations, you know, like Mulder has the realization of like, you know, like he's refinding himself in his passion, what he loves, which is to, you know, explore the paranormal.
0: And discover truth. Yeah.
1: And to, to be
0: present for something. It was like a very tangible moment of truth.
1: Yeah, from yeah, older. Yeah,
0: where he doubts himself constantly, doubts what he finds, he doubts what he sees. To have something undoubtable happen in front of him. Yep, was great.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was, absolutely. Really nice it was very, very validating. Yeah, yeah.
0: The next one is uh, home again. This is the one with that creepy trash dude, where the artist was like drawing these things that yeah, became real.
1: Yeah, yeah. Totally
0: I totally got to be like Banksy, right? Yeah. 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 This one was interesting. I actually really liked this episode a lot. I
1: I liked it too. I I kind of liked its um like it's social commentary. Yeah. You know, into um just I don't know. I I feel like it hit a lot on like economic um um Disparity. Yes, that's the word. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and also, the, like, the the power of art, right? Yeah,
0: totally. Art coming to life and killing people was an interesting idea. Yeah. Like, the, this artist imbuing his art with life was yeah. a cool idea.
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: and also a scary, creepy monster with bugs in his mouth.
1: Yeah, it was it really super creepy.
0: It was really cool when he'd like kill people and then go and get back in the trash. Yeah, in the like, yeah. trash truck. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Yeah, I like that.
1: Yeah. I, I I really like that episode um, because art can art has the ability to to change people's minds and everything, and so I, I like that they put a visual representation on that into making art turn physical. Yeah. And kill people. (laughs) Kill people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and there was some cool effects in this one. Mm -hmm. Like, when they go into the artist's home, it was, like, really creepy and interesting. And you see those, like, clay monsters that he's been building. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, very, like, creative, interesting, with a touch of horror in it. Yeah. I like this one a lot. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that was a good one.
0: Uh, And then we get into... The last two of the season, which I really, really felt like the show was kind of like f- really found its footing and was now kind of running with it yep. in the last two episodes. Yeah. Uh, Babylon is the one where Mulder does drugs. Yes. This is where Einstein and Miller are introduced.
1: Yeah. They appear. The the new Mulder, the new Mulder and, Mulder and Scully.
0: Scully. And...
1: Will you give me that wine? Yeah. <laughs> Also, I hand you some of that wine too. You take
0: you take some, and then I'll take ah, some. Okay. The girl who played Einstein was uh, the daughter on Six Feet Under, and I was so excited because I hadn't seen her in years in anything, and she's great. She was so good. Yeah, I love. Really I really loved Miller and Einstein. Um, yeah. I love that Miller sounds like Mulder, and Einstein is completely different. I yeah. just thought that was funny. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop this from dripping. <laughs>
1: Oh, if you folks could only see. I just deep-throated
0: that (laughs) bottle of wine.
1: (laughs) In the name of preventing its dripping.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the one thing that you and I both agreed on with this episode is that it was unfortunate that they chose an Islamic terrorist plot device. Yeah. Where that just... In the beginning when you see... Like you're just like
1: shit no, praying
0: you're like on. oh they're gonna make him kill himself yeah and i'm just so sick of seeing that yeah i remember when i watched lost for the first time and yeah this character saeed who is a torturer mm-hmm. you know and yep. his friends were suicide bombers it's like write something else you yeah. know like yeah. why do you think everyone in america thinks that all islamics yeah are are terrorists yeah
1: it's because everyone keeps writing them that way totally and americans think that tv is real Right. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Totally. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, the idea of a suicide bomber is such an extreme and to to see it happen in the news is like, wow, like that is so extreme, extremist to the max.
1: Yeah. And then
0: I think because of that, in a way, it sort of captured people's attention Mm -hmm. where you really do correlate the two, you know, like when you hear suicide bomber, you think it's probably someone who... Practices Islam, right? Yeah. Well, uh, that's
1: because what that's what we've been told to think.
0: Totally. You know? Yeah. And there, I mean, there are other people who are suicide bombers, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know stuff about yeah. the world. Well, but... I
1: mean, again, I, I think it, it goes back to just that whole idea of, like, terrorism itself, right? We are taught as Americans to think that if you're, if you hear the word terrorist, that they're Muslim.
0: right. But and even if so, here's the thing: even if it's true, it doesn't matter. We need to stop projecting that. Constantly well, yeah,
1: but I mean, people also need to understand that, like the, like the definition of a terrorist is someone who incites terror. Right. So anyone who makes you feel that way is a terrorist. Right. Yeah. Someone who incites terror yeah. is a terrorist, and that could be anyone. You know, I mean, look at all like the mass shootings throughout the country yeah in the there's, past
0: there's been so many Americans committing acts of terror
1: there yeah, there but are you never
0: think of that when you think of terrorists, you, yeah, not, because we're know.
1: told not to, and it's totally, yeah, and it's because unfortunately, TV shows keep writing terrorists right to be Muslim,
0: right. There are absolutely terrorists in the world who are not Muslim, and it yes, it is propagating what's becoming a very dangerous negative stereotype to continually show. Muslims in that position. Absolutely. And I was I was disappointed to see that in the show.
1: Uh, me too. Yeah. Me too. I was really I almost the when that episode aired I I really struggled with even watching it. Yeah. You know, and then I I ended up watching it because I th- was hoping that it was going to like redeem itself. Yeah. You know, because you know, X-Files often doesn't go the way you think it's going to go. Right. Um and I don't know, I was I was really, really disappointed with that yeah. particular
0: the plot device. Yeah. 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 Luckily it's only in the beginning of the episode that Well it's not I mean, it carries through, but the rest of the episode is so fucking good. Yeah. I mean Mulder's trip. Yeah. Where he's dancing in that, you know. Line dancing club. Oh, my God.
1: Oh, yeah. Highlight and of the The series. lone gunmen are there. The lone gunmen, yeah, yeah. Which I love. And, like, yeah. the,
0: the interesting, like, Christ imagery with the, the kid
1: uh-huh. and in his, his mother's mom.
0: arms. Yeah. And his mom yep. being convinced that he wasn't. Yeah. Like, trying to. I kept thinking that we're going to find out later on in the episode that he they those two guys weren't the bombers, that there was someone else who was the bomber. Yeah, they just happened the to bank. be there. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, the mom does say to Mulder in that episode. That she was, that her son has been coming to her um, in her dreams, and that he got too scared to do it, and, and that he tried to run, but his, you know, buddy, like, flipped the switch first or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's also important to point out that in the beginning of that episode, they did show how... um racially intolerant like Americans are too. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Totally. You know, which I'm
1: glad that they pointed that out of like yeah. everybody who saw him, you know, because I, I think that that's something that you know, I, we live in a great city where, yeah. you know, people are
0: pretty tolerant. Yeah.
1: And it's it's very...
0: There's definitely intolerance, but it's better than a lot of yeah, places. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but I think that it's easy for people to think that when you live in a place that is very tolerant that you know that's everywhere,
0: right? You know, and, and so I'm
1: not. I'm glad that they did at least show that, like that disgusting, gross part of America, right? You know, right in Texas.
0: It's a it's a little hard to to get over that disappointment.
1: Totally, I'm still yeah. I'll forever be disappointed and upset at that episode for yeah. that, you know.
0: Yeah, but the weird thing is that like so much of that episode was. Really great. And I mm-hmm. mean, everything with Einstein and Miller was kind of uh I mean as much as I like the third episode. Yeah. And it's still my favorite. I mean yeah. there's moments in this episode that are like highlights of the yeah. the new series. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh so yeah, it was interesting. What did you take from Mulder's mushroom trip?
1: Oh, I mean, who knows? <laughs> you know, because it's like we're told that it was really like a placebo but maybe it wasn't, you know, I don't. I think mean, it it's a just like, it's like the whole government conspiracy. Thing, right. Right. But it's mushrooms instead where it's right. Like, is the it real? The show can never give Isn't you a it? fucking answer. Exactly. About everything. Exactly. Everything. Well, I mean, and, and that's the whole idea behind it though, is to like trust, trust no one. Right. Question yeah. everything. That's like a driving force through the entire series. Yeah. Um, and so I'd like the, it's true even with hallucinogens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, I loved it. I think that it, it kind of revalidated to molder like his instincts, hmm. right? And kind of seeing, like, oh yeah, I think this will work out, you know. And even if it was just a reason to just like get high and you know, take mushrooms, yeah. then it still worked out, yeah, like for the better, totally, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then the last episode of the season is My Struggle Part mm-hmm. 2. Yeah. Where everything with the government conspiracy comes back. And, um, I mean, this was like a huge episode. As far yeah. as the overall arc of the show is concerned, this is as close as they get to really kind of revealing their cards. You know, that's how I felt when I was watching it. It's like, wow, they're just coming yeah. out like straight up just saying what's happening right now. Yeah. But yeah. the other side to that is that who knows? If what they told us in that episode is what's happening, and also what you were saying is that it kind of felt like it wasn't necessarily what they had been setting up in the prior yeah, seasons. Yeah,
1: I mean, and I, I could, I could be very wrong about that. It could be absolutely what they had been setting up. Um, and also, like, who knows what's been going on for the past fifteen years? The yeah, like, you know, if if we're to presume that, you know, this whole like world has been going on in the the years that we haven't been watching, then who's to know? what's gone on since then right you know um and that's another thing that like the x-files does really well is as soon as they show you some of their hand they shuffle the deck (laughs) what
0: a great analogy (laughs) holy shit you know yeah
1: and so then it's like who knows like you you got a glimpse you know but then they changed the whole the whole idea, the whole plot, you know, like, or the whole setup of it, you know, which I love. And that keeps interesting. And I think they're allowed to do that because the way that the entire series is written is to be so questionable. Yeah. Right. And is to be, um, so like disturbingly, um, unknown, that they can really change whatever they want and you would never second guess it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cuz you're like, "Oh, well, I guess that wasn't true." Yeah. <laughs> you know. I think it's I think it's really I think it's it's genius writing to be able to like be able to just write yourself out of a corner <laughs> with no repercussions <laughs> by writing yourself
0: into a new corner.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, this is this is the episode where basically this huge virus is taking over the entire world and people start dying left and right and Mulder and Scully are trying to find a cure. Scully's yeah. trying to find a cure. Yeah. And then Mulder gets sick and Mulder has this confrontation Mulder's with the cigarette Mulder's trying to find the, the answers. Yeah.
1: Right? Very classic then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then it ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah. This is the only time I remember there ever being something on a global scale that was like everyone knew about it. Like all of a sudden what's happening that's like pivotal to our characters is also pivotal to... To the entire world. Yeah. Which was really interesting. It's like out of the shadows all of a sudden. Like Mulder and Scully at the center of something that's very much in the spotlight. Yeah. Which is very unlike the show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: and I thought that was cool. I really dug that. It's kind of like fun and exciting and adventurous. Yeah. And scary. And the Cigarette smoking Man was so... Much more like evil and arch than he'd ever been before. Yeah, like, he was like very much the arch villain. I mean, yeah. his face was disfigured and yeah, it was all this. Well, crazy and also, shit. I
1: mean, out of everything that's happened to him, you're just like, holy shit, you're still alive. Yeah, like I don't know, you gotta you gotta give credit where credit is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can survive totally. all that, like damn. Yeah, um, but you're right. Like having having so much of everything that. Mulder and Scully are, um, in the center of, be in the spotlight, is, um, it is kind of unsettling. Yeah. Because it's like, what, where do we go from here? Because we've all become accustomed to so many years of them being stuck in the basement office, you know? and. You know, working in the shadows because...
0: Looking for gargoyles. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. You know. Red Foreman is the gargoyle. Yeah,
1: or invisible elephants. I'm not even kidding. That's in an actual episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so to have it, like, suddenly be, like, this um, pandemic, right, that's killing a lot of people and is on the news and all this stuff is... um, it makes me curious as to where they're gonna go from here, you know, and I'm I'm glad that it was left on the cliffhanger because even if they don't do anything soon, I feel like it will happen eventually.
0: Yeah. You know. We're living in a day and age where it's likely that it will happen eventually.
1: I hope so. I hope so. Because they're I I I don't ever tire of the characters. Yeah. You know, or the situations that they're in. Because the situations, even though they're all the same, it's like, Mulder finds this weird thing, Scully totally doubts him, he argues his case, you know, he gets his ass kicked and loses his gun, you know, she (laughs) finds God or whatever, and then he ends up being right. Like, that's kind of like... (laughs) (laughs) That's sort of the premise of like every X-Files episode, but it's always fun to watch them. You yeah. know, because there are like little moments of like growth, either for the plot or for the characters. You know, and so it's like I say, bring it on. You know, like yeah, totally, the more the merrier. Where
0: would you want? Where would you want the series to go? What would you want to happen next?
1: Oh man, I don't even know. I don't even know.
0: I think that's part of the fun is that the show can kind of take you anywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like I don't, I don't know. I don't really want it to do anything anymore you know interesting i don't know like i like i i used to like want there to be like more like romance between Mulder and scully like when i was younger you know and then that was totally wrong so i'm glad that didn't happen (laughs) um and i you know i feel like there was a time where I wanted more answers for the government conspiracy part. Um, but now I don't even want that. Because that's the whole idea, is that there are no clear answers. Yeah. Right? And if it were real, right, then there it would be just as fucking confusing. <laughs> if, it, if it were actually happening.
0: So you've been watching the show for, what, 20 years? Ish, yeah. What... What keeps you coming back?
1: Um, Well, generally, the the episodes that I watch, like, kind of over and over again, like, the ones that, like, if I'm having a hard time falling asleep, I'll put on to fall asleep to, are, like, the more monster of the week ones. Huh. Um, Because that's when you see, I think, Mulder and Scully's, like, real relationship is, like, kind of in the more mundane day-to-day chasing down monsters. Yeah. You know? Um.
0: (laughs) That Scully doesn't believe are real.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, what's funny is for as much as Mulder is, like, a believer in everything. As soon as there's an episode where Scully, like, feels connected to God or any religion at all, he's like, huh. no.
0: You're right. You're totally right. You know, they totally have,
1: like, this huge role reversal. It's the only thing that he is never willing to concede to. Yeah. Is the the belief in God. Which is funny to me that, A, Scully believes in God because she's a scientist. And I'm, I'm, there's hundreds of scientists that believe in science and God. Yeah. Um, But it's just funny to me that, like, for as rigorous and um, evidence-driven as she is, that she would be super religious, too.
0: Yeah, it's interesting.
1: Um, And it's funny to me that Muller will literally believe in anything.
0: Except <laughs> God.
1: Except for God. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's where he draws the line. Yeah. You know? I mean a uh, human-sized flatworm living in sewers, sure. <laughs> that is totally real and plausible. Yeah. You know. Um but I mean I I think that's I think that's great though. You know. Yeah. I think that's part of the fun of it is that they're they're both very strong in their convictions um but respect the the other ones as well, you know. Totally. I don't know. So, I don't know. Anymore, I don't want anything out of the X-Files. I want, it, I want it to be well-written. I want it to be funny. I want their the characters to have some, you know, personal stake involved and growth. Yeah. You know? I don't want it to be the second movie or season nine. <laughs> That's what I don't want.
0: <laughs> when, when you watch through, I'm assuming you watch season nine every time.
1: Yeah. Ugh, it's horrible.
0: Is it horrible? <laughs>
1: yeah, it is. It's like the worst Wow. It is the worst. Mulder and Scully aren't even in it. Yeah. You know? And it's like... Why
0: did they do that? Why didn't they just end?
1: I I don't know. I don't I don't read a lot into why things happen. Like, I don't yeah. know what was happening with, you know, David Duchovny and his personal life at that time, because I don't give a shit. Right. You know? Because um, it's, it's... I'm it's the a, opposite. It's a fictional story. <laughs> so. I, yeah, I'm
0: totally opposite. I'm like, oh my God, what's the real life thing like?
1: Yeah, I... um. I don't ever think about what was, like, actually in real life going on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it totally... I I think that the the people that... See, I don't even know the actors that they got to play. I don't even know their names, because they're not worth my memory banks. <laughs> um, but...
0: Oh, in season nine, you mean? Yeah, season yeah. nine. Ugh. Terminator and the girl who came back for the last episode of season
1: ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Agent Reyes. Yeah. 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 Um, but they're, they didn't have the same dynamic. I mean, they tried to turn it to, you know, now the female character is the new Mulder and she believes in everything. And, you know, the male character is the new Scully and he doesn't believe in anything. But it's like they didn't have that connection, you know, because yeah. in the first, in the pilot episode, Scully's brought in and told, like, spy on Mulder, right? And... Tell us what crap his work is so that we can kick him out. <laughs> right? That was, like, her job description. Yeah. You know, and he goes down there and he's like, I know you came here to spy on me and tell me that my work is garbage so that they can kick me out. You but know? check
0: this out. Yeah. This shit's <laughs> weird, yo. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, he just, like, calls it out, like, super upfront, And he's like, you're part of this agenda, you know, unless you choose to not be. Yeah. And she chooses to not be. And that's, like, what makes it great, you know, is because they both are very honest, like, right from the beginning about where they both are. And then, you know, in Season 9, they're just kind of both put into this position because someone has to take Mulder and Scully's place, and so I guess these two people will do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, it's just, it's not the same. And yeah. the the characters don't have the same connection with each other or with the X-Files. And so for me... It's disappointing every time.
0: Yeah. Do you know anyone who likes season 9 of The X-Files?
1: Um, no, because <laughs> I don't know many people that watch The X-Files as much as I do, except for maybe Rachel because I make her. Watch you make the her.
0: X-Files. I'm curious if there's people listening to this who love season 9 of The X-Files. Let me yeah, know. Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious. I want to know what you like about I it.
1: I would like to know why as well. Yeah. Honestly, because I just don't see it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if you had to boil down what it is about the x-files that attracts you cuz it's it's your favorite show right
1: yeah or is. or seinfeld ooh ah. i mean same they're same. both my favorite for two different reasons
0: yeah if you had to boil it down to like a sentence what is it i know i'm sorry it's a hard question <laughs> a what, sentence what is it that that keeps you coming back for 20 years that captivates your imagination and just satisfies you on this like really deep level. What is it about that show?
1: I think it's going to be longer than one sentence. Sorry.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: I'm not sorry. I'm going to cut me.
0: out all but one sentence of this. Fine.
1: <laughs> um, I think that what it is, is Mulder and Scully's, mutual respect and admiration for each other.
0: What what is that what is that to you in your life? Did you did you have someone like that that it reminds you of or did you have a lack of that where this filled that
1: hole? I think that um well I don't I don't know if I had a lack of it that filled it, but I think that mm, ideally that's what everyone should have. Right? I mean, you should be able to get along with somebody and really care for them and help them in every way possible. That's important to them. Even if you don't see the validity of it because you care for them and they would do the same for you. I think that's what it is.
0: That's, that's awesome. That's, that's what I'm looking for. (laughs) I feel like that's like, I'm when I watch the show, um, like, the show works for me on a lot of levels, but I always feel like I'm missing something. Yeah. I think maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe that's what... Maybe if I go back and watch it through that lens, it will really keep me going through season nine.
1: Yeah. I mean, because there's there's a lot of times where, you know, Mulder fucks up royally, and Scully says, you're fucking up royally right now. Yeah. Like, get your head out of your ass and change it. Yeah. And she can say that firmly and not have any um, question of what their relationship is going to be like in the next episode. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, they have that bond. And I, I feel like because I am that way with people that I care about. You
0: are, for sure. That
1: I really like seeing that in something that is in pop culture. Totally. Because we're told to not, especially as women, we're told don't do that. You know, don't rock the boat. Don't tell people, you know, that you don't like this. And, you know, don't be too much of a nag and blah, blah, blah. And it's all <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. You know, but in the X-Files, Scully and Mulder can tell each other where the line is and what's going to happen if they cross it. And then that's it. And then, you know, if you cross it, then it's those up to you. Are, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's so interesting to hear you say that because it does really sound like you to me, like yeah. the, the way that you are, uh, the way that you kind of force people to.
1: <laughs> that doesn't sound good.
0: No, what like, like, <laughs> you kind of you kind of force people to see when they're being bullshit. Yeah, which is really important. Yeah, um, or at least you force me to see when other people are being bullshit. Yeah, and oftentimes I'll miss it because I'm a little too forgiving sometimes. Yeah uh where i'm just a little too nice yeah sometimes cuz i assume that everyone's being nice to me and they're not <laughs> uh and you you have always been able to pick that out and kind of point out to me this person's not being real to you yeah it's like what are you talking about they're super nice You're like yeah no they're full of shit and <laughs> and that's very helpful cuz i my my full of shit barometer doesn't work
1: <laughs> yeah sometimes it's broken. Yeah. yeah well i mean and i don't know like i do that for you Because you're my friend. Yeah. I love you. And I feel like I'd be doing you a disservice if I didn't. Yeah. And I expect wholeheartedly people who care about me to do the same thing.
0: Totally. You know? And you know what's funny is that when we worked at Starbucks together, I used to think all the time how much it reminded me of working on the bridge of the enterprise. Because (laughs) there's, like, you put on your uniform, you go to work. You do the job, but you do it with people that you love and respect. Yeah. Who keep you in check, who you can truly be yourself with. Yeah. And they will accept you for who you are and nurture and encourage you. Yeah. And that's what attracts me to Next Generation. Yeah. Uh, And it's, I feel like the thing that you love and what you find in the things you love oftentimes really shine who you are as a person out to other people.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that is exactly what I see in X-Files too, between Muller and Scully. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, as far as all the paranormal phenomenon, like I, it's all bullshit. Government conspiracy. It's all bullshit. You know, like yeah. I don't actually believe any of it, you know, but yeah, I of think course. the vessel for their relationship is amazing. And I think that more people, um, should have that.
0: Yeah. You know. I forgot to turn my phone off again. I do this all the you time. You jerk. You were like right in the middle of this awesome doot, doot. speech. Boop boop. Yeah. Wait. This is, this is, go back, say it again.
1: Um can't. Don't. I don't know. I just don't start know. saying I anything. It. It. It's fine. <laughs> anything. <laughs> no. But you know what I mean. <laughs> boop boop. boop, boop. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> I'm just you. waiting for you to start just, talking so I can do that. Just do that every time I start talking, that'll be really great. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Keep doing it, I dare you. Yeah,
0: <laughs> um, yeah, man. Well, just watching the show with you the other day, I I felt my appreciation for it grow. Yeah, and I hope that's why I wanted to talk to you about this on the show is because I hope that uh people will listen and their appreciation for the show will grow. Yeah, and I hope that people will watch the new episodes and then want to go back and revisit the Re-watch old. Watch all of them. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's it's just great classic, like weird monster TV too, yeah. which I love yeah yeah
0: alright my friends we have reached the glorious yet inevitable conclusion of another episode of Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury follow me on Twitter at Sci-Fi Project check me out online jessimercury.com. and if you are kind enough to support what I'm doing go to patreon.com slash sci-fi project and of course all of those links are on my website at jessimercury.com. next week Part three of my amazing discussion with Sarah Lehman. I, I haven't listened to it yet, but I remember it being the best of the three parts, where we really got personal, and I really... I was having a weird night, as you could tell already, I talked a little bit about in this episode, and I, I, I was really just feeling like angsty and strange, and we talked a lot about it in the third half, the third half, that's not a thing, the third part of this. And I also gave some details about the web series that I'm working on right now the sci-fi comedy romantic comedy web series that I'm so excited about and just desperate to actually make and I'm really pushing for that to happen so you can hear all about that next week I love you all thank you so much for listening we'll see you next time